Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Coach's Box. Thank you for stepping into The Coach's Box with us today. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined today by Coach Jay and Coach Natty T. How we doing, fellas? Good, good, good. Good, yeah, good. Yeah, man. Another week done. Another week in the books, and my, oh my, what a week it has been. We got Little drama in La La Land. They're trying to right the ship there. Scotty Pippen always tripping. And, of course, <laughs> two big moves in the NFL, OBJ and, and Superman Cam. We're going to be talking about them two later on in the show. But first, we're going to do a little segment we like to call 90 and 90 with Coach Natty T. And he's going to talk to us about his top five current soccer players. So go ahead and drop some knowledge on us. Yeah, so I'll jump right into it. Um... So my top five soccer players right now. So I want to make sure that's emphasized right now, not necessarily overall, but right now. Um, so mentioned him last week, Mohamed Salah, number one player in the world right now, plays for Liverpool. Um, he leads the English Premier League in goals and in assists. And you may have seen some of his highlights, but he had two, probably the two best goals I've seen in a long time last month was absolutely fantastic. Um, number two, uh, Robert Lewandowski. So he's Polish, but he plays for uh, Bayern Munich. Leads the Champions League in goals right now, and he's just a he's just a machine. I mean, there's just really no other way to really put it. Really should have won the the Ballon d'Or last year, or you know that's called the the World Player of the Year last year, but he got canceled because of COVID, so he kind of got robbed there. But you know he's still a beast. Um, number three, Cristiano Ronaldo. So. He went back to Manchester United this year, kind of a shock move. But since he's been there, I mean, he's pretty much scored in every game that he's played in except for two, I believe. Um, and he's been just clutch. So there's been a lot of back and forth because he's 36 and he keeps himself in phenomenal shape, but he's definitely not the same player that he was because he doesn't necessarily impact the game like he used to. But you give him one or two chances – he pretty much scores. So it, he's still very efficient in that manner. Um, number four, Kareem Benzema, who's a French player, plays for Real Madrid. He leads the Spanish league in goals. Also, he's been playing very phenomenal for France overall. He's bringing a different element. I won't get into what happened in the Euros because I can't stand their coach, but I'll leave that for another conversation for a different day. Now, number five, Probably a surprise for most people who follow, uh, you know, European football, but uh, Sebastian Halar plays for Ajax in Holland. So he's kind of, you know, not as known. Um, Ajax is a legendary club in Holland or the Netherlands, which is the one you want to call it. Uh, but he's second in the Champions League with seven goals. Last year he had 13 goals, and that was just in two rounds, which is pretty fantastic. And he's kept up the goal-scoring pace. And we were doing that in Champions League. And really, the only reason why Lewandowski beat him is ahead of him now is because he had a hat trick in his last game. So, you know, really, Pilar was really leading the Champions League in goals. Um, and he's not necessarily too flashy of a player, but he's always in the right place at the right time. And he's very efficient when he's in front of goals. So I got to give him his props there. So honorary mention, a player I personally like, um, Ngallo Conte is another French player that plays for Chelsea. He's like a midfield type player. 
Yeah. He's been injured though, so technically I can't put him in there right now because he hasn't been playing for the past few weeks. Um, so that's really the only reason why I had him off. And then the other player who is definitely phenomenal, but he's also injured, is Earing Halan. He plays for Bayern, or not Bayern, but for Mucia Dortmund, 23 years old, another goal scoring machine. But again, he's injured, so I can't really put him in there for right now. So that's my list. So yes, no Messi. No, no, I was I was going there. No Neymar. I was going I would, there. I I would say if I had to put if I had to have top six, I would put Mbappe at six because he's played decent. Um, out of the three at Destiny's Child, he's played decent. He's been the Beyonce <laughs> so far, but the other two, no, they're they're not even top. I wouldn't even put them top. 20 right now on my list Dang. i wouldn't wow. the level of disrespect that's happening right now by ain't disrespect man listen Neymar has only scored twice well three times this whole season three that's it mm-hmm. messi scored three goals this whole season that's it he's been injured though right let me tell you something <laughs> if he was playing at barcelona he would be playing uh, okay, I see where you go. Interesting. Okay. okay, I'll just say that. So again, I, I know I'm a, I'm a PSG fan, as as we all know. But again, for me, it's I am being harsh, but at the same time, for me, it's not necessarily the not necessarily the results because technically they've only lost one game in all of their competitions. But for me, I just don't like what I'm seeing because for one, I understand that it's a really a lot of new players, a new team. But at the same time, I'm not seeing, like, the desire that I need to see. Yeah. So, for example, like, if it was uh, a situation where guys are just making the wrong runs or, you know, just rusty or you're just not in sync with each other, like, that sort of thing, that's that's understandable. That's explainable, right? Mm-hmm. But what I don't like is – I don't see the effort. I don't see the desire. I don't see the willingness to sacrifice for one another. So that's, that's the problem I'm seeing. And to even be more specific, I'll use Steph Curry as an example, okay. just from the basketball context. Cause we, you know, we talk about Steph Curry a lot and I think obviously his best attribute is his shooting, but his second best attribute for me is his willingness to run. And what I mean by that is if you watch him, when he's on offense, he'll bring the ball to court, he'll pass it, and he'll literally run off two screens and then run off the corner, run off the screen. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't get it, does he pout? No, he'll go right back down, run off two screens, and then run off again. If he doesn't get it a second time, he's not pouting. He dips around, goes off another screen again. Then he may get it the third time. Then he he shoots the shot, right? That willingness to run not only – does it help the team, but it specifically opens things up for other guys, right? So mm-hmm. even on that first possession, if he didn't get it the first time, okay, that opens up a shot for Clay, obviously, when Clay is playing. Right. You know, right. the second time, he doesn't get it. He he misses it the first time. He misses it the second time. Okay, maybe Draymond gets it. Maybe Iggy gets a shot. Then the third mm-hmm. time, he gets it, right? It's the same thing in, in, in soccer. Like, they're not – they're making selfish runs for themselves, so Messi gets the ball, he passes it, and he runs. 
then he doesn't get the ball, then he stops running. Then he starts doing a little of this. And uh, Neymar does. Mm. He gets it. He dribbles, 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 and he passes it. Then he doesn't get the ball back. Then he's he's throwing his hands up. He's doing this. And Mbappe does the same thing. So True. those sorts of things is what I'm seeing, and that's what really ticks me off. Because, again, if you're messy, go get the ball. Like, don't stand there in the corner pouting because you feel like you're messy and they should just pass you the ball and just bow down to you. Like, no, go get the ball. And if you lose it, get your lazy behind back on defense and go get the ball. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the goal should be to get the best shot available. Exactly. 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 Because, again, especially in soccer, someone who's played – like it, there's a lot of times where you're making, you know, 40, 50 yard sprints back and forth. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I may not get the ball. Mm-hmm. That's just literally to open up space for somebody else or just to set up something for somebody else later on in the game. That's mm-hmm. literally why I'm maybe making that run. It can't just be, oh, I'm making this run and then I get upset and then I'm, oh, he ain't passed me the ball. But dude. You all have to be willing to make those sacrifices for each other for the betterment of the team and for the betterment of you because it's going to open things up for you. When you become right. predictable and when they know when you get the ball, Neymar, you're just going to try and dribble, 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 dribble. You're mm-hmm. easier to defend. Messi, mm-hmm. when they know you're just going to make one run and then stop, you're easier to defend. Mm-hmm. Mbappe, when you're just going to make one run, one diagonal run, make one run and then try to dribble somebody and then you don't get it and then or the defense gets it from you then you start pouting and then putting your head down you're easy to defend that's my issue that's why they're not my top five those other guys on that list they put the work in no matter what there's no pouting there's none of that they keep it they keep the foot on the pavement so understood understood that's that's my yeah, that's yeah. I mean, because yeah, that that's really you know, because soccer and basketball is, is is very similar in those ways. So it's just obviously it's just more people and it's a bigger field, but you have to make those runs. You have to be constantly moving. And again, you may not get the ball. It may look like man, he's just making all these runs and they're not passing the ball. It's like well, there's that's setting that's setting up something else for somebody else. Yeah, that's right. open up space for somebody else. Because you never know, like, it's a 0-0 game, and then that one time you make that run, the defender falls asleep because he's like, oh, they haven't passed it to him the whole game. Then, boom, mm-hmm. that's the one pass you get, goal. Mm-hmm. Make it count. <laughs> those, those are the little details, and they know about those details, but they're just not doing it because they want to be lazy because they think they're superstars, and they just want to get the ball and just do what they want to do instead of actually doing what they need to do for the betterment of the team. So until they do that, I think they're trash and they're not winning anything. And I hope somebody <laughs> puts them out of their misery so they can get back on track. So that's my that's my spiel for this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, my little soccer lesson. Listen, you never let us down. Never let us down. And brutally honest, which yeah. I mm-hmm. I gotta call it how I see it, man. Like I said, I, I like them as a team, but at the same time, you know, again, I'm a fan of them, but I gotta keep it 100. I mean, just because. Because if you look on the surface, again, they've only lost one game, technically. They've tied two. But that's not good enough. It's just not. Because if you actually watch the games, you're like, wait, is this the team everybody's talking about? It's not. 
two things from your list. Yeah, Mohamed Salah, that's a bad man right there. Like, a bad man. Okay. <laughs> Number two, I'm glad I didn't do an introduction of the players and their teams because I definitely would have said Ajax. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what most of yeah, is. It's Ajax. I have been yeah. real so I'm happy you covered that, bro. <laughs> that's why I see. That's why I love. I've always loved watching like European, well, European football, as we like to, like to call it, just because mm-hmm. I'm kind of like a semi. Now I've become this like language enthusiast. So like all those years of like knowing how to say people's names and the proper way to say the team's names. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, I, I find that very fascinating. But yeah, yeah, I ax, I ax, I ax, yeah. Gosh. That makes sense. <laughs> you gotta have that Dutch, that Dutch accent to it. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna get there one day, y'all. <laughs> well, there's a lot to remember because you know we're talking. That's a lot of countries and a lot of different languages. So oh, that's a yeah. lot to remember. Yeah. No, trust me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that ninety and ninety for soccer. We, you know, speaking of basketball you know being very similar to soccer we got a little bit of drama in basketball it's very early in the season but we're seeing a lot of narratives come to fruition already uh you know we've talked in past shows about ben simmons we talked about the emergence of the chicago bulls you know one of the other things out there is the washington wizards are playing really good basketball early on this season you know they're eight and three right now number one in the eastern conference Mm -hmm. Uh, but, you know, we all kind of saw this this thing in L.A. with Russell Westbrook, and we said, okay, are they going to be able to make this work? Are they going to be unstoppable? How big are these growing pains going to be and how long they're going to last? Right now, they're sitting at seventh in the Western Conference. They're seven and five. And even though they've won more games than they lost, some of those wins have been very ugly wins against competition that – isn't the best in the NBA. You know, they did have a good win uh, against the Miami Heat. Um, but looking at this, uh, and we'll start um, with, with you, uh, Coach Jay, if you want to talk about the, you know, is this trouble in La La Land? Is this just growing pains? Is this something we're going to see for most of the season? You know, do we just need to chill out for a little bit? Oh, um. I would love to say what Aaron Rodgers once said, R E L A X. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. So this is a team that is uh, aged. Okay. And we are already seeing trouble, not trouble, but less than expected uh, performance right out the gate. Uh, and, and in order for them to change and do better, I, I don't know what that's going to take, but I, I would hope that they don't run into any kind of injuries in order to really survive a, a season and a playoffs is really getting through the injuries. And if this is how they're playing full health <laughs> and without, you know, any kind of challenges that they're facing just yet, you just talked about, you know, the teams that they lost to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having trouble getting through the Kings, I, I don't know if this is going to get any better. Um, but with age, there's wisdom. 
Uh, so I would hope that the minds that's, <laughs> you know, collaborated the number of years of uh, basketball on this team would would maybe make their advantage, make an advantage of their team. Um, they, I, I don't know if they're going to turn it around, but I would hope, like I said, that something that has to do with adjusting their gameplay is 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 the only way they can do it. Um, yeah, that's that's my whole thought. So my answer is a yes and no. <laughs> all right fair enough what you got for us then yeah i mean i'm i'm still optimistic about the lakers um obviously it's 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 tough and um <laughs> it's hard to see it's hard to see the optimism i guess but i honestly think it could work um you know to your point you know coach jay i think and i think even um Coach K mentioned this in our in our infamous group chat. Um, obviously, he's not on the show tonight, but you know, I, I think the biggest concern is the injuries. Uh, you know, obviously, LeBron's going to be out for uh, a good some good time here, so you know that definitely hurts. Um, but all things equal, all things level, I honestly believe it can work, and this is why. Not only is Russell difficult to play with but LeBron's difficult to play with as well you know if you look at his teams historically right I mean the 2011 heat they were eight and nine they were eight and nine the start of the season it was ugly it was very very ugly when he went back to Cleveland with you know Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving they started off eight and ten I mean it was ugly It, it really it was really they were pretty much 500 up until the all-star break and then they took off after that right mm-hmm. um even if you go back to the Boston Celtics the 08 Celtics where they brought the big you know the big 3 together the original big 3 i mean they were 5 and 6 at one point you know i mean it, it's tough um, really the only team that you can think of, or at least that I can think of where, you know, it was like a super team and, you know, they plugged in one guy and it worked off the bat was the Warriors with Kevin Durant. Yeah. That's really the only team you can think of where you put this amount of, you know, names and talent together and they just kind of rolled the balls out. And then it was just like, oh, wow, everybody's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they need more time. They need more time on the court together to sort of mesh. Um, and again, I, I really think the Russ narrative is a bit overstated. I've mentioned this before. Um, you know, I, I feel like he's kind of an easy target because of how he plays. And I'm not even going to dispute his flaws because there's flaws are there, but I think they can make it work. I really do. Because even everybody talks about Russ's triple-doubles, right? They're like, oh, you know, it's really empty calories. But if it's empty calories, like his win-loss record as <laughs> being, you know, when he has a triple-double, it's 138 and 46. 138 wins and 46 losses. Amazing. If you notice, even, even though it was against not as great of competition, but – Triple doubles, and they won. Mm-hmm. Turnovers were there. Don't get me wrong. Now I want to diminish that because he needs to clean that up. But 
there had I mean when you're 138 and 46 like that's something you're doing something right Mm -hmm. so you know to me I think it's a matter of can they figure out the right lineup for one and can they figure out the defensive end because when I look at their games they're scoring on average 115 points 116 points a game which is good. I mean, that's yeah. not the best in the league, but it's not like they can't score. Problem is they can't defend anybody. So to me, they have to figure out what that lineup is going to be. I personally think you need to put AD at center. Let him kind of, you know, when he spreads the ball, when he spreads out the court a little bit, you know, Russ can kind of go to the basket. LeBron can kind of go to the basket when he's out there. You know, add a little Malik, Malik Monk, add a little Carmelo, spread the court you know spread the court around a little bit personally i think that's their best lineup but you know they're still kind of experimenting so Mm. again overall i just think they're it's tough it's going to be tough you know the first month first two months is going to be ugly Mm -hmm. i think if they stay the course i think they can make it work you know barring injuries so that's what i think this is the time. This is the time to do all that. Cause yeah. Yeah. Cause nobody's going to, I mean, cause we can talk like, you know, but after the all-star break, if they're second or third in the West, nobody's going to remember that Tuesday night game in November when Russ had eight turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's going to remember that. They're like, man, I don't know. I don't want to play the Lakers. They look good. And then, then the whole narrative is going to switch again, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. You know, we just have to wait and see. But they got to get there. That's my thing. You got to, I mean, yeah, you talk about LeBron being out. I don't know if they can take too many other players being out and still being, you know, a top-tier team. They got to make it there. That's And True. I don't know, maybe I'm being a pessimist. No, you're right. But I think the, the, the actual ironic thing is, I think this is why they needed Russ for this situation. Hmm. Because... LeBron's out. I think Father Time is here. Mm-hmm. And because I forgot who they played. What was it? Tuesday night. Who did they play Tuesday night? Was it Sacramento? Or when it went into the, the overtime game? I forgot who they played. But in a game like that, that's where you needed Russ <laughs> to help you win that game and help you stay afloat in the seating. Yeah, Monday he played uh, Charlotte. Charlotte, Charlotte. That's what it was. You need Russ in that. You need Russ to win that game for you. Whereas, like, like in years past, when LeBron went down, it was like, man, we can't win a game. When AD went down, it was like, man, Mm -hmm. now we're the seventh seed. (laughs) (laughs) So, honestly, I actually think this is where you need Russ. To kind of win these games for you. Okay. Like when nobody else feels like playing, or it's kind of like, again, like that random Tuesday night. Cause you already know Russ is going to come with the energy. So this is where you actually need him to kind of stay, keep you afloat. Cause imagine mm-hmm. if, if there was no Russell Westbrook out there, you think they're winning that game? No. No. Ooh. I mean, I'm looking at some of these scores. I mean, Miami, they won by three. Yep. They won by three. Yep. They lost uh, by 15 to Portland. They lost, they lost by three to OKC. 
and they only won by two against the Rockets, one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, without Russ, they're taking L's and pretty much all of those that they won. And, and before you go, Coach JB3, I think to me it's the defense because I looked this up as well. They've had the most double-digit leads in the NBA this season. They've had six, but they've lost the most double-digit leads in the NBA this season. <laughs> so that tells me because i mean it tells me something's going right at some point i mean you can't be up by you know 15 up by 18 by 20 up by 16 in these games something's going right to get to that point but then obviously Mm -hmm. something i think is the defense because i think teams just go small and they start running at them and then they Mm -hmm. can't figure out how to defend it because they're trying to play big with Dwight Howard and um, DeAndre DeAndre Jordan. Jordan. But I think that's what it is. But if you're up by 16 constantly, if you're constantly going up by that many points, like something, something's going right, even beyond Russ being crazy. Like they're they're up by 16, but then they lose these leads. So they just need to figure that out. I don't have too much to add, but what I will say is okay first we focus on russell westbrook i think it it, i mean it has been said the turnovers he's up a turnover and a half from last season he was at 4.8 last season at 5.3 turnovers again that's 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 big and i i always translate those numbers to what does that look like in playoff basketball Mm -hmm. if he's still doing that like that's that's losing games in a series. That's worth a loss or two, perhaps, in the playoffs against the better competition. Um, I look at his plus-minus ratio, you know, rate ratio, negative 3.0, which is, uh, I guess you would say, up 1.6, you know, a negative 1.6 from last, last year. You mm-hmm. know, so he's turned the ball over more than he's ever have uh, outside of 2016-2017. Uh, and he's doubled his plus minus in the wrong direction. So I look at his efficiency that goes down to decision making. And when you have the ball in your hands a lot, there is a lot of pressure. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And yes, usually the people that have the ball in their hands the most do turn the ball over. Most. But I look at some of the reckless passing that he's done. And I'm like, you know, these you do that against a better team it's going to cost you the game it's going to cost you the series it's going to cost you that playoff round and so I I hope he gets that together I really do because I mean his numbers are very close you know he doesn't necessarily have to score as much on this team so you know he's under 20 points but he's hovering around the triple double you know, as is, he's a little down on the assist side at 8.9, which is down for Russell Westbrook. This is, that's, that's how good he is. That under nine assists a game is really a down year. Uh, but my major concern is that the Lakers, you know, when you mentioned Coach Natty T, the one smooth transition that's happened is, was, was the addition of Kevin Durant to the Warriors because he already went to a well-oiled machine. The Lakers mm-hmm. have never actually been a well-oiled machine. In the last God knows how long you think about it. And that when, when they win, when they won the COVID championship, though still a championship, 
that was, you know, look what they did around that. So you take that year and you say, okay, what have they done since then? What did they do before then? It's been chaos. It's been personnel chaos hmm. because there's been no consistency with there, you know? So, all right, we're going to do this big overhaul. We got, we're going to get rid of Clarkson and Ingram and all those people. All right. You know, so, okay, we got AD LeBron's healthy this year. Cause LeBron missed a, a big chunk of games uh, a few years ago. So then, he, you know, he's back here. All right, cool. Good. We got JaVale. Okay. Now, oh, okay. He's going, okay. We'll bring him back. Dwight Howard. He's here. Okay. And then he left. All right. Then we're going to bring him back. Uh, we, okay. DeAndre Jordan. Okay. We got him now. Uh, all right. Kuzma. We got to get rid of him. We got rid of him. All right. Danny Green gone. Okay. Now look what you, okay. We're going to bring Russell Westbrook in. It's hard to have a well-oiled machine if your parts keep changing. Mm. And, and so I, I don't know how can we expect the Lakers to even look good at this point at all. So when people was on the hype train of like, oh, they're going to blow people out the water. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. Mm. It's not just a plug and play with one person, Mm-mm. you know, and Kevin Durant's mindset was like, I, okay, I'm just going to fit into where, get in where I fit in. You know, but you, now you're talking about having Russell Westbrook, who's going to have the ball in his hands pretty much every play. That's different. He's your primary decision maker, especially with LeBron out the, the lineup. It's going to be a different result for that. So I, I'm hoping that they get that together. And time is going to tell. We'll see what happens after the all-star break. Like you said, Coach Natty T, teams have been able to turn the corner after the all-star break or perhaps after that first year. Um but I don't think that this team can take too, too many more changes, you know, because if they want to have a sustainable franchise, you got to be able to get a core together that's going to have some time to play together, get used to each other, and also now know how to tackle adversity. So if you have different people in and out of the lineup each mm-hmm. year, adversity is going to be different all the time. They're, they're, there's no way they can cover for that. Because yeah, you know AD's getting hurt at some point this year. You know it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can pretty much, you know, I, you know, if, if Coach Murph was on, was on here, we talk about a bet that you can place, Anthony Davis is getting hurt at some point this year. At some point. <laughs> well, what is going to happen? I mean, can you really depend on Dwight and, and DeAndre to, to be able to pick up the slack from the bit? There's no way you're going to get the production of it, even mm-hmm. if LeBron is, is healthy. So I, I'm really worried about them long-term, not just because of Russell, the addition of Russell Westbrook and some of his growing pains, but because of the culture that they created there as a whole, it's hard to overcome. Uh, so that, that's, that's my main concern. There. So we'll see what happens, though. You know, I, I'm definitely would like to see Russ win one as a fan of his. I, I want to see him win run one. Of course, he wouldn't get the credit for it, but, you know, no. <laughs> uh, and I also look at Russell Westbrook's career and he's he's kind of always been like, every, especially ever since KD left, it's been his team. Paul George is coming to Russell Westbrook's team. Mm-hmm. Now, when he went to Washington last year, it, it was kind of Bradley Bill, but he didn't have to worry about John Wall because John Wall was injured. So it's a little bit easier for Russ to kind of do his thing there in Washington, uh, there were really no expectations there either, you know, mm-hmm. just playing basketball. You knew you weren't going anywhere. But they still ended up making it to the playoffs to show how good he is, you know. Uh, but now it's like you're the third best player on, 
on the team, right? Hmm. He hasn't been that in a while. Mm-hmm. So it, I think in his mind, it's, I think it's, it's, um, I want to say bothering him, but it's affecting him a little bit, uh, possibly of, Hey, I've been usually called to do this on teams in the past. So do I keep doing that? You build habits over time. And there's mm-hmm. some habits that he's going to have to break because he's on a new team now mm-hmm. and vice versa. There's things he's going to pick up now because he's on a new team. And until he figures that out and they all figure that out, they're going to continue to struggle. Yeah. So speaking of struggling, I, um, I struggle to really understand Scott Pippen. I really do. And I, you know, I, we don't have to talk about this very long. And I know some of the coaches that couldn't make the show are going to want to chime in. So we'll save some space on future shows for this because he's going to keep giving us material. Yeah, because Scott Pippen needs to stay relevant. Uh, but Coach Natty T, can, can, what, what is going through the mind of Scottie Pippen right now? What, help us make some sense of this book. Yeah, so... You know, his book dropped this week. So, um, you know, unless if you're living under a rock, you know, he's been saying some things specifically about, you know, the flu game and, you know, everybody doesn't talk about how I had a bad back and that's worse than playing with the flu. Yes, that's true, Scotty. But, but my thing with Scotty is, or Scott, as, as KD put it, which is fantastic. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> but... The thing is with Scott is he's just not a good advocate for himself. (laughs) That's, that's kind of the biggest issue that like I have with him because it's like, I, I get where he's coming from in terms of like, Hey, you know, I feel like I don't get enough credit and, you know, I know what Michael said about, Oh, you can't say, you know, Michael Jordan's name without Scottie Pippen's name. But then, and the rest of the episodes, he kind of just trashed me the rest of the episode. Like, okay, like I, you know, I, I get it. But if you're going to go there, be a better advocate for yourself. <laughs> Don't talk about your bad back game and why all oh, of Michael Jordan gets all this praise for playing with the flu. I was playing with a bad back. Well, Scotty, as, and uh, I think Bomani Jones said this the first, first go around, and I thought he pretty much knit the hell on the head. The reason why that flu game is so legendary is because he had 38 points. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Scotty, the reason why your bad back game, that game six in 1998, nobody like talks about it, is because you had eight points. Eight points, (laughs) not double digits. Got it. And (laughs) they won the game. Mind you, the score was what, 84 83, 84 82? Mm -hmm. And Michael scored 45. 45. You're having a bad back. Like, you're just enhancing Michael's argument by saying that. (laughs) He's like, yeah, he had a bad back. So I literally had to score half the team's points to win the game. Like, that's not helping. So if you wanted to mention that, like, mention the time you had a migraine in 1988 and lost to the Pistons because you had a migraine in that game seven and they lost. Like, okay, maybe you prove your value. Mention the time in 1990, was it 1993 when they're playing the Knicks 
that game three when the Michael had gone to Atlantic City. And then in that game three, he went like eight for 26 in that game and everybody was trashing Michael. Scotty, you had a great game. You had 28, 12, and 11. And the Bulls won that game. Saved your season. Mm -hmm. Mention that. (laughs) Don't mention the time you had a bad back and you scored eight points and talk about, (laughs) oh, nobody remembers that. Like, dude, yeah, nobody remembers that. Because it was a forgettable performance by you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to be an advocate for yourself, just do it better. That's all I ask. That, that's all I ask. I mean, I, like I said, I, I get it. I get it because, you know, Michael, Mike, Michael is Michael. But if you're going to advocate for yourself, just do it better. That's that's it. That's all I got to say. Cause they, and I'm a Jordan fan, and I just gave you, what, three different examples, Scotty, three that you could have used, three. Because those are facts. As much as I like Michael, those are facts. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another one. Here's four. Everybody knows this one. <laughs> Michael goes on his little hiatus. The year before, they won, what, 57 games? Mm-hmm. Michael goes on his hiatus. They win 55 games for the whole season. Scottie Pippen's third in MVP voting, right? Mm-hmm. Gets him to the playoffs. Wins the first round. Obviously, he had his little mix-up there. But Tony Kukoc did not want to go in and take the last shot. But you got him to second round against the Knicks. Took him to game seven. That's something commendable. Yes. You don't mention that. You mention the game you have a bad back and you score eight points. <laughs> so I just that's I'm like, dude, I, I don't I don't you know, I don't know. That's all I gotta say. That's it. I, okay. <laughs> you you, like, now, how do you how do you not know your own history? Yes. You even <laughs> mentioned like positive points that you could be like. Oh yeah, you know, Scotty did have a good game that game. Or yeah, you know, Scotty did do his thing. Yeah, well, Scotty was out and then they lost. So yeah. No, you mentioned a game he has eight points and Jordan goes off. Yeah. Not not that's not your line, Scotty. That is not your line. I read through the entire <laughs> that's not your line at all. So <laughs> you nailed most of the points that I had. You know, my my mom. You know, growing growing up watching basketball and my parents, you know, watching basketball with me at times, you know, my mom loves Scottie Pippen because she said that he he's one of the greatest players that she's watched play. And because Jordan is Jordan, that at times he doesn't get credit. And this was while they were playing, right? Yeah. This while they were playing. And I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no six championship. There might not even even be one without Scottie Pippen, because when you talk about teams that were really two star players strong at that time in the league and you're starting to see the league kind of gravitate toward that the last couple of seasons, you needed a second star, you know, to be able to hold their own for you to be competitive. Nope. And that's that was Scottie Pippen it, it, one of the best defenders there was he's one of the 50 greatest players of all time and so when I'm talking about especially people giving his flowers and stuff realizing how that he was uh, I don't understand the lines of disrespect necessarily because people are giving you your flowers and I also 
think in that document could would it just Jordan saying, hey, people really on LeBron right now. I want to remind you who I was for that younger generation because it's a continued yeah. debate. I, I, I get because that's the type of dude MJ is, right? We all Y'all know see his Hall of Fame speech. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the, who the man is. Like, tell something we don't know, Scotty. Like, yeah, he's condescending. Yes, we know. Also, what comes with Jordan is brute honesty. Not always objectivity, but brew honesty. <laughs> so much so that when you said, Coach Nighty, when he said there is no Michael Jordan without mentioning Scottie Pippen, he 100% means that. Because there's no fake bone in his body when he's saying that, right? He 100% means that he knows how valuable Scottie is, was to his career. But when he picks out certain moments and talks about how he felt about them, that's also genuine. That's also coming from Michael that he says, man, like that's, I, I couldn't ask for a better teammate than Scottie Pippen. But you know, when he sat out, when he was unhappy with the, with the contract and he conveniently decided to have surgery and could have compromised our season, that, those are facts. Like that's convenient timing because you were unhappy and you, you, you felt disrespected by the Bulls organization you decided to sit out and conveniently have was a knee surgery, I believe. Yeah. Exactly. And the team struggled without your presence there. Right. Which also goes to show us how, how valuable he is, but the team struggled without him being there when he sat out, when he was recovering, just point that out. But for, you know, that was another thing, but it, Michael felt it was a selfish decision because Scotty only was thinking about himself. He was not thinking about the team. He didn't communicate that to the team. So that is on Scotty. Those are your teammates. At least let them know what the game is. Instead of having them getting asked questions in the media and they have to guess what's going on with you. That's not being a good teammate, is it? That's what we're talking about Kyrie Irving for in a negative light. That's what we talked about. You know, all these other people were in there. And I'm not comparing the two, but I think that there's an overlap there in the way they treated their respective situations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Coach Natty T is right. Pick your spots better because you got some good arguments, but you got to bring the right ones up. And also, when someone says something negative about you, it could be true. Then before, then before you co- go to Coach Jay, because you brought up the whole contract situation, I'm like, yo, Scott, as much as I hate middle-aged or old-aged rich white men, Jerry Reinsdorf was pretty straight up with you about your contract, man. I mean, <laughs> he told you in that episode. He told him. He was like, Scotty, don't sign this. This is a bad deal. Don't do it. What owner tell somebody that? Like he right. told him straight up. He's like, Scotty, don't sign this. This is not a good deal. Like, this is not good. But if you sign it, don't come back to me later. Mm. What's Scotty do? Come back later and then delay the surgery. So I mean, like I get it, you're upset, but the man told you don't sign it. And you could have got a better deal. You could have signed a shorter deal. And That's they- the deal that you signed. So they, none of nobody liked Jerry Cross, right? Nobody no, liked. Him. He made Jackson mad. He made Jordan mad. He made Pippen mad. He made 
everyone mad. So Dennis Rodman mad, you know, probably too. Like, but when they were threatening to, when they were talking about, oh, okay, we're gonna move Scottie Pippen on and get Tracy McGrady, right? You know, a good what if story. Right. But it made the rest of the Bulls livid, including Michael, because he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's my guy right there. You're not getting rid of him. Right. If you do, you're gonna hear about it. You just going to have to find another team, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be able to do this, right? That's yeah. how much you respect this guy. So to feel to say he's disrespected, I quite don't, I really don't get that correlation in in most instances. Sorry, go ahead, Coach. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not. No, you're good. You're good. And I love, oh man, just hearing uh, the amount of depth from the both of you guys. I'm going to throw another question here at you guys, which is, do you think there's and maybe I'm ignorant to it, but do you think there's some underlying reasoning to these lately, I don't know, irrelevant outbursts, I'll call them, of just him going off? You know, what's, what is this underlying issue here that's, that's come recently, years later? I think, well, one, he's trying to sell his book, so that's number one. Okay. Um, so that's an easy way to just kind of, you know, run the circuits and, you know, get some attention for your book. Attention, good or bad yeah. is good. <laughs> right, right, right. That's kind of like the old, the old saying, right? Uh, mm-hmm. um, I mean, honestly, I just think it shows, you know, Coach JP3, you talked about, you know, true feelings and, you know, expressing yourself, what your true thoughts were. I think this is, Scotty's always felt this way. Um, you know, about Michael, about the whole situation with the Bulls. Um, and with the documentary, it just it sort of brought something else out. Well, actually, no, 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 no. I'll take that back. I'm thinking, I'm actually thinking as, as you're asking that question. Because I really don't know what it is. Because here's the other thing, but it just because here's the thing, because I was gonna say that, but the thing that popped in my head was because I remember him doing an interview during right before the, the last dance came out. Because this is when he was still on the jump on ESPN. And he said he saw the documentary before it came out. As expected. Mm-hmm. At that time, he had nothing to say about it. So it seems to me as if I'm kind of freestyling here. Uh, it seems to me as if he just didn't like how it when it came out, mm. how people received it in terms mm. of their perception of him, you know, after the first couple episodes. Because you know, Michael did sing his praises, but you know, he goes into the whole the time when he sits out for his surgery and then the time when he refused to go into the game. And then, you know, all that kind of back and forth in, in the background there. So I think people reacted to it and it's like, man, Scotty, man, I don't know. That's what he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it is. And then now those underlying feelings come mm-hmm. back up. Mm-hmm. That's what I think it is. So, okay, this might be reaching a little bit. But I'm going to put my student affairs hat on for a second, my higher ed hat on for a second. Also mentioned in 
The Last Dance, they talked about Scotty had a rough upbringing. Mm-hmm. Very, very rough. You know, dad's health declines, confined to a wheelchair. Brother gets into an accident, also confined to a wheelchair. You know, so he, he's losing, you know, people and people, the people he loves, they're changing, you know, they're changing for his eyes. And, um, you know, he had a child pass away too recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I uh, grew up poor and really none, no colleges were looking at him. And, you know, uh, he was fighting for playing time in high school. Uh, coach called in a favor. So he ends up at Central Arkansas. Right, where he kind of fights for his time there and eventually gets some looks and gets drafted. So Scotty has always been the underdog. And oh, you know, I I think that sometimes that mentality never leaves you. Hmm. You know, it it happens when we talk about other people, not not the same way, because I, I don't think his upbringing was the same, but Baker Mayfield, you were talking about him last week. Coach Natty T, like throughout his football career, Baker Mayfield has been an underdog, undersized quarterback, has fought his way athletically to the NFL platform. He still keeps that in his mind, that he's an underdog. Um, and so it's okay if, it, if it's what motivates you, but when you verbalize that and now you're in the AFC North and you're expected to win a division, it doesn't make sense anymore. And you're the number one overall pick in the NFL. <laughs> Exactly. It doesn't make sense. You're no longer underdog. Yeah. Yeah. So I and there were really aren't weren't any high expectations of Scotty Pippen coming out of college too. You know mm-hmm. either either. So I think some of that you, you drum the trauma that he he spent growing up, the 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 kind of underdog mentality throughout his personal and professional life. And then you add the stuff that Coach Natty T has on it. So you get all these layers where Scotty has felt slighted. He's slighted by the path of his career getting up to there and not being appreciated. He was slighted by, I think, where he felt life itself because the people that he loved most were suffering mm. and sometimes taken away from him. I, people what's the best word not they don't recover but they they try to cope with what's going on in different ways and sometimes people actually project and i think scotty is projecting oh no and then i'll I'll just mention his wife we'll just leave it at that or his ex-wife yep we know about that situation but that's yeah that's embarrassing and betrayal and all that stuff too so you know yeah get it but just advocate better for yourself. If you're going to be better, just pick better moments in your career to actually <laughs> try to criticize Michael. Just don't, that's my, that's my thing. If you want to be mad, be mad, but just be better at being mad. That's all. That's <laughs> be better at being mad. Be better at being mad. <laughs> like you should know that. your career better than anybody else. Like, why are you mentioning mm. stuff that people, that nobody cares about? Mm. <laughs> and, I mean, like Jordan and Pippen were like, they both felt slighted by Jerry Cross. And yeah. during the Olympics, you know, Jerry Cross, oh, this Tony Coop coach guy, he's the next biggest thing. And Jordan Pippen looked at each other like, we're shutting this dude down. Right, exactly. And that's exactly what he did because they both understood what that meant for them. So like yep. they bonded together. So it's like, I don't get the I don't get 
that whole narrative of how he feels the way he does when it comes to looking at things objectively. But anyways, all right. Well, <laughs> moving to the NFL, <laughs> we have big news that y'all have been hearing lately and processing, and we're all anxious to see how this pans out. We're going to talk about it here. We'll start with you, Coach J. OBJ to L.A. OBJ. What do you think about this move? Are you excited? Are you reluctant? Or what, what's going on? Talk to us about your feelings. I am cautiously optimistic. Um, this is an interesting move. Obviously, the Rams want to win now. They are all in this year. Um, it, it, it definitely puts the shadow or puts uh, Von Miller in the shadow. We forgot all about that because <laughs> OBJ is in L.A. Right. Um, and it's, it's, it's very interesting that LeBron had something to say about that, <laughs> getting OBJ out of Cleveland. And look where he's at. Right. He's, he's right in the backyard, LeBron. But I think that uh, I, I think it's interesting. If I'm in OBJ's shoes, his cleats, I'm clearly not concerned about my stats. I'm more concerned about winning. And it feels like his career has progressed in that direction from the New York giants, not really winning <laughs> to the uh, Cleveland Browns who started to become something. And then now here to the, to the Rams who are Super Bowl contenders. Now the question is, if I were OBJ, do I plan on playing? Do I expect to be competing against, the league's top wide receiver, uh, uh, Coop, Cooper Cup, um, or even against uh, uh, Robert Woods. I don't know. You, you might fall in there at the number three. You might fall in number two. I have no idea. But I don't think OBJ is thinking about his own stats in this case. Maybe he's being selfless and he's being more focused on just winning getting, uh, you know, a ring. Um, if I were uh, anyone in the organization in the, in the front office of the Rams, I'm obviously happy about this. Um, and I would feel like, you know, there's a one-year contract with this, you know, move with OBJ. I would feel like, let's just get what we can from him. This may not be a year to make him happy. This is a year for us to win. So it's a very interesting move. Uh, shocking. I'm cautiously optimistic because you never know. You have these superstar teams. I was really excited a couple of years back when Philly tried this, when they got all these, the Eagles had, uh, I don't even remember all of them. I just remember Mike Vick was on the squad. And I think it was the awesome one. Yes. It was so exciting. And they just crashed and burned. And <laughs> Sante I, Samuel. Sante okay. Samuel. Now they, they did have Trip Kelly over there too. But anywho, yeah. um, you you, uh, you you can be optimistic and see how it goes, and you can also be cautiously aware that it could crash and burn. Mm -hmm. All right, Coach T. Yeah, so when I first heard it, I loved it, but as I thought about it, I just really like it. <laughs> so from the Rams' perspective, perspective I love it because – I mean, really, they have all the leverage in this situation. Um, and I love the mentality. You know, they're just trying to win now and just try to do the best 
you know, throw all the eggs in all the basket in that one basket. And even if it's overflowing, just throw it in there. <laughs> so I, I like, I like that mentality and, you know, and partially in, you know, coach JP three, you mentioned it with the Lakers, like, you know, locale matters and, you know, them being in Los Angeles, you know, you need star power and you don't really have time to draft people and see how they develop and, you got to just get established players and see if you can win right now. Because for one, if you don't win in LA, people aren't going to come to your games. And if people don't want to come to your games, then teams move. Like it's just that simple when it comes to Los Angeles. So from their perspective, I do love the mentality and the move from their perspective and even including Von Miller and that. Now from OBJ's perspective, I do like that he's in LA. Um, you know, certain people are just meant to be in certain places. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, you go from the New York Giants to the Cleveland Browns. It's just that's just not his thing. So him being <laughs> in Los Angeles, like that, just works. Um, now on the field, this is where I just like it. I don't love it. Um. <sighs> I hope you're right, Coach Jay, because I'm hope he's I hope he's thinking, hey, I I don't really care. I just want to win. And obviously, locale matters for him. He wants to be in Los Angeles. This is a fantastic place to live, especially if you're mm-hmm. a rich young athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope that's the mentality that he has. Cause <laughs> Deshaun Jackson just left because he wasn't getting enough touches. Right. <laughs> and if you know, if you're Rams, like, look, I mean, it's as much as we want you here, Odell. Listen, we we're already rolling with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Cooper Cup is, you know, that's not a sexy name, but him and Monte Adams. I mean, you, I mean, they're probably the two best receivers in the league right now, production-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you're not overtaking that, and then Robert Woods, he's. You know, he has his niche. He's has his wavelength with Matt Stafford. So, I mean, I'm not just going to go out my way to throw you the ball. I mean, if we have some plays that we can throw it deep or run in that little mid-range route that he likes to run down the middle of the field, if you're open, hey, yeah, I'll throw it to you. But don't expect me to give you the ball, you know, throw you eight to ten times. Mm-hmm. So can he deal with that? Because again, he's going to be, it's, it's one of the reason dealing with it in Cleveland because you're in Cleveland. So it's I think it's easier for you to just kind of like take your ball and go home to prove your ball and go home. But when you're in LA and like, everybody's like, Odell, Odell, Odell. And then you got two catches. That's probably going to take him off. Hmm. So as much as I like Odell, I had to kind of take my bias out of it. And mm. I think the reality is he's on a – this is a make-or-break situation for him because, yeah. man, I, I, yeah, I'm going to sound like I'm hating here, but <laughs> listen, like the New York Giants said, yo, Odell, we're good. Sorry. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Browns, as much as in my opinion, I think it's more on Baker as we talked about last week. The Cleveland Browns was like – you know, Odell, we're good. That's two teams. And it doesn't matter what we think. Honestly, it matters what the people in the NFL think about you. And that's two teams. That's already been like, 
Odell, we're good. Mm-hmm. Now, if he goes here on a team that's definitely on that, you know, Super Bowl, at least NFC Championship, you know, wavelength, and if it doesn't work, man, I don't know. That, that, whew, this could be the end. Wow. As much as I don't want it to be the end, but that's, that's now three franchises that are like, and at wow. the end of the season, it doesn't work. And they're like, yeah, Odell, like, you know, we like having you. Because even if it's 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 kind of a lose-lose situation, because let's say if he doesn't make any noise, but let's say his numbers aren't where they're supposed to be. <sighs> and the Rams are like, well, Odell, I mean, you know, we liked you. We love having you here. Your attitude's great. But, you know, you had two touchdowns this whole time. We're going to let you go. Who's going to pick him up after that? <laughs> there's still teams. I'm telling you, there's still teams. That's I mean, there's still it. teams that will pick him up. Yeah. But, I mean, listen. That's the end of football, the top. Football-wise, like, eh, I don't know. So, I, I, I really hope he can make some sort of impact because I don't mm-hmm. want to see that happen to Odell. But, mm-hmm. man, it, whew, there's a lot of pressure on Odell. I'm telling you. Because he's got to come with it. He's got to make an impact. Because <laughs> from a receiver standpoint, if you're being single covered, that's what the NFL thinks about you. Mm-hmm. Odell never used to get single coverage, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, he's all right. Yeah, we'll put. They're not even putting their best corner on you. Mm. You're being single covered against this number two or number three corner. Mm. It's not like they're putting their their version of Revis, whoever their Revis guy is, on you. They're putting <laughs> their second and third guy on you, and it's single coverage. Like that's what the league thinks about you right now, despite of what I think. So, whew, that's why I like it. I don't love it because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, because they already have an established offense, and for him to really come in halfway through the season, then learn a new playbook and try to get some chemistry with Matt Stafford and make an impact. Whew, that's a lot. I hope it Less works. Half of a season to go. <laughs> I really hope it works. I would love to see it work, you know, personally. But, again, when I take my bias out of it, I'm like, man, ugh. So that's why Have I went hope, man. to liking it. After Have some hope because the Bucks have made something like this work. Now, now, this isn't True. apples to oranges. True, mm-hmm. but, and I thought about that. That was one of my things. I was like, well, Antonio Brown went, well, Antonio Brown played with Tom Brady before in New England, and we clearly saw they have a connection. Mm-hmm. Is that his house? And, right. Mm-hmm. And number two, even though Tom Brady went to Tampa, that was at the beginning of the season. So even though they didn't have a training camp, they had, they had mm-hmm. six games to sort of figure it out. Work it out. Or six or seven games. Then they went to that bye week, and then Tom Brady was like, yo, I need to put my New England offense in here. And then they <laughs> didn't lose a game after that. Right. So if, these, if, this, if he was there from the beginning of the season, I'm with you. But Because I thought about that. But mm-hmm. I was like, but the thing is, Antonio Brown was living in Tom Brady's house that whole time. So he was mm-hmm. still, you know he what I'm saying? The, they they right, were still, right. you know what I mean? Like Odell, go ahead and move in. Move in with right. that. You're literally <laughs> just dropping Odell in LA and it's like, yeah, let's see if yeah. we can make it work. Like, that's a it's, lot. That's a lot. It is. 
especially in a game like football where, listen, there's just more people. It's different from basketball. It's different from soccer. There's just more people. I don't care how good you are. If y'all not on the same wavelength, it doesn't matter how good you are because you need other people to be successful to help you be successful. So whew, I hope it works, but man, I, I don't know, man. Because we'll I, I feel bad for him if it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what I got. That's that's what I thought about. I was like, man, I, mm, I, I hope it works. I would love for it to work, but man, I don't know. I don't even know where to begin on this one. <laughs> I, I hope it works as well. You know, one of my favorite ice cream places is called Cold Stone Creamery, right? And they got mm-hmm. a couple of different sizes, right? They got like it, love it, got yeah. it. Those are the three main sizes, right? Yeah. Odell's not a guy to have it. And until we see what's going to happen there, he's not a love it either. So he has to right now be in the like it category because he can make any team better. Just His presence demands attention by itself. So he, he's either going to get, you know, the numbers or he's going to open up some space for somebody else, you know, just depending on the situation. I worry about this because, you know, Cleveland was a very socially ideal situation for Odell. And I say that because it's not big city. It's harder to get into trouble. There's a little less spotlight. And you actually had a built-in scapegoat named Baker Mayfield. (laughs) And because the team showed that they didn't believe in Baker, the narrative, if stuff hit the fan, was going to go against Baker Mayfield, which is why you saw the 12-minute montage that was put together of Baker Mayfield overthrowing Odell Beckham or just not looking at him and overlooking the passes that he dropped throughout his time in Cleveland, right? People didn't really focus on that. Right. So what I'm worried about is if he does not perform well, given his opportunities, because he's not getting Cooper Cup targets and he may not get Robert Woods top, you know, targets. So he's looking at Van Jefferson targets. They're number three wide receiver right now. Moving down on the depth chart, Odell's going to probably get at least five targets, maybe five targets a game on a good game. Five targets. Let's just say he drops one to two of those passes. Right. There's no scapegoat in L.A. No, they're not blaming Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. They're not blaming Sean McVay. No. All eyes are going to be on you. So what I hope Odell looks at is minimizing his personal mistakes, both on and off the field. You know, he's done a really good job off the field, yep. you know, but going there, plugging yourself in and making sure you're 100 percent focused to make plays, giving your opportunities. I can see him on some end of rounds. They may switch Robert Woods out of those kind of plays and maybe insert Odell into those because right now Robert Woods would do running plays, you know, to throw the defense off. I can see them plugging Odell because he's faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this move was not just because of the targets and, and, and the overlooking. It is frustrating, but you're on a winning team. 
-hmm. for the most part. But stuff changes when you realize your own mortality. And for the first time in his career, Odell Beckham is going through several injuries, back to back <laughs> to back. And he, I think he starts to realize, you know what? I don't have forever to do my thing. I was thinking that. So, and if I stay here, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think there were more ideal places for him to go. But if he's here in L.A., maximize the opportunities you give him, continue to be a model citizen, do your thing, do your own personal brand thing. It's a great place for you to blow up there. You know, take advantage of that opportunity. And if they decide to keep you next semester, you know, not next semester, next school, uh, uh, season, NFL season, you and Matt Stafford go to the lab early and often. Oh, yeah. If, if that can happen, it's going to move into the love it category. You know, mm -hmm. that's going to be that, that extra couple scoops they put in the ice cream. That's going to be the love it category. Mm -hmm. Sprinkles on top and the cookie dough. That's what that's going to be. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that the Rams organization, and I'm looking at Sean McVay, thinking about him as I'm saying this, he has to be very, very careful. Because he has been known, and we saw this in the Super Bowl in particular, to outsmart himself. Right? He's got he's got a tad bit of Pete Carroll in him. So like he sometimes he overthinks things and he makes things more complicated than they need to be. So if I'm Sean McVay, I don't need to make any major changes. Like I said, okay, maybe you swap Robert Woods out in the end of rounds, you put OBJ, Van Jefferson plays, maybe you expand those because Ben Jefferson was also a deep receiver, right? So, like, yeah. I think that makes sense for to keep those things the same. Give them those opportunities and let Odell fit into your system. Like we talked about, KD fit into the Warriors system. Which you, you want to be the Golden State mm -hmm. Warriors in that situation, not the LA Clippers. <laughs> you don't want to become the Clippers. Where they're like, okay, we're going to build this. We got this super team in here. You're going to grab Von Miller over here. We got OBJ now, Matt Stafford. And, you know, your second round playoff exit. You know, so like you, you don't, <laughs> don't want to be that type of build. Because that can happen. That can very easily happen with this team. You have a team that hasn't played a lot together. With, with very significant pieces being added to the team. And I think sometimes organizations overthink it and they start to change too much of the stuff that was actually working for them. That, that's where the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, comes into play. It ain't broke in LA. Well, last week, Sunday night against the Titans, I was all kinds of broke. You had a lot of broke, mm -hmm. broken glass and just broke, yeah, <laughs> you know, stuff was all over the wall. Broken hearts. Broken, <laughs> broken hearts, especially for the people that betted on you for one night. <laughs> So, you know, but I'm going to look at that as an outlier because they haven't shown us that that's who they are. Right. So we'll take that as an outlier because the Titans are a tough team. But that's my hope. He maximizes his targets. He brands himself off the field. He continues to be a model citizen on the field, because if not. He's going to get the, he's going to be the scapegoat if stuff doesn't go right with L.A. And. 
Hopefully the Rams pick him up next year again for the contract. He goes into the lab with Matt Stafford and, and they make it work because right now they're doing well, I talked about the Clippers. Also, you throw the Houston Rockets into that category because we want to play hard and see we're gonna see what happens. Right, now. right. Didn't work. Didn't work. They need to catch um, I think That's... the first test though, they need to catch the Cardinals in that division. Oh, yeah. In that division. Because right now I'm looking at the standings. Right now, even though they're technically third, but because they would be second in their division, and Dallas would technically win the division right now the playoffs started they would go at dallas mm-hmm. and if they win that then they would have to go probably at carolina or at uh, arizona mm-hmm. then you'll have to play most likely at green bay or, or tampa bay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so whew, that's tough it's ugly. <laughs> that's a tough road because mm-hmm. i think arguably you can say the top five teams in not just in the NFC, but in the NFL are the top five teams in the NFC. Because mm-hmm. Arizona, Green Bay, Rams, Tampa, Dallas. Yep. So, whew, I, that, that's their first task. They need to catch Arizona in that division. I think that's probably their best path to getting to, you know, to L.A., essentially, staying at home, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, yeah, they need to win that division because, man, I'll tell you. Not to say that they can't do it, but, man, that, that's that's tough. Because they're that's putting tough. these eggs into that basket to keep up with, with the Bucks, just like yeah. teams try to keep up with the Warriors for all those years. Yeah. yeah. Toronto caught a break, played good yeah. ball, got a little lucky, was able to take advantage of it. Let's see if the Rams can do, can do the yeah. same. Now, I'll add one other thing, and that is when the when the circus leaves town, what happens to the Rams? When when super teams come together and then they disperse, that's what the organization is going to look like. That bare bone, and it's either going to be trash or it'll work out. And I'm hoping it works out. I'd say a lot of times superstar teams wind up just kind of set in the organization back steps that they weren't even that far behind before the the superstar setup. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, LA is a prime spot, you know, you got this new SoFi stadium, maybe they're making smart moves and paying for the stadium, <laughs> you know, but I think the long run has to be thought of as well. And m- maybe as you guys were speaking, if I were OBJ, I'm thinking about my long run. Like you said, he ain't got too many more years of being on the top before really experiencing some injuries. So let me get this ring. And maybe he knows that this isn't sustainable, mm-hmm. that maybe I'm just here for this year and then I'm probably going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. This might be a nice long-term idea as far as let me get a ring now and then you know find the right team to go to. Yeah, That could be the case. It could I, be. I honestly don't think he's going to go anywhere else, man. Like wow. I think he'll, like he'll go to like the Chargers. I just don't think he's leaving LA. I oh, I see. Prime spot for him. Yeah, I don't think he's staying with the Rams, but I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, because because mm-hmm. to be because like, let's. I mean, God, I'm sound like I'm hating on Odell, but nah, nah, real. <laughs> let's just be real about it. Be real. His off the field star is bigger than his on field star. Right Absolutely. Now. Absolutely. 
Like Wait. he's more like of a celebrity, like yep, you know, like Definitely. TMZ, like that sort of thing, more so than actually on the field right now mm-hmm. in terms of production. Again, I I put that more on Baker and Browns, but still, I mean, these last what three years of the Browns, two years, three years of the Browns, he's had what twelve touchdowns. That's it. Mm-hmm. Whew, man. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, mm. I, I I hope it works out because I, I like Odell. Um, you know, I I think he's a very talented receiver. Mm-hmm. But you know, we'll see. Because remember a lot his one and only playoff game in Green Bay. We saw what happened. We saw what they did the week before. And you saw that man drop three passes from Eli Manning. One in the end zone, mm-hmm. one was a third down conversion, and one was like the first pass of the game. Dropped it. Mm-hmm. So, man, I hope it works. I really do. <laughs> I really do. I really hope it works because I, I like Odell, man. I really yes. do, and I think he's misunderstood because I think he's he's obviously very passionate, but you know he acts out. But I think his heart's yeah. usually in the right place. But it's just like, man, yeah, I hope it works. There, there's some people you look at when they make mistakes, and it's like. You know, like they they meant to do that and they made a mistake and they're maybe sorry for it or whatever. Yeah. When I look at Odell, I never ever attach anything malicious to anything. Odell. No, no, no. I don't no. think he's ever. You know, the impact could be you know is different than the intent in a lot of situations. Yeah. I think for him, it's just um, it just makes it, it just makes it, he doesn't think things through all the way. Um, he doesn't always know how to deal with his own emotions, which is very typical for a yeah. lot of people, especially a lot of men. So yeah. he, he, you know, he never took it out on a person. He'd take it out on a kicking net. He'll take, you know, <laughs> he'll do all those kind of things. But I, to build off of what you asked, um, Coach Jay, for the organization, it really depends on how they're structuring contracts. I know we've mm-hmm. talked about the Warriors a lot in this episode without talking about the Warriors in this episode. But one <laughs> thing that they did very well was stagger the contracts because when you have this yep. many stars, especially, their payday is going to be due. And you don't right. want everybody's payday due at the same time mm-hmm. because you're not going to be able to do it. Uh, so if they're if they are able if they're going to keep Odell and want you know keep Von Miller and look at okay well maybe let's let's try to keep them in there for three to five years then they need to be able to have a have a conversation with people hopefully the athletes you know will you know they'll they'll kind of look at the big picture and say okay yeah go ahead stagger our contracts I'm gonna play well I'm gonna get my money in year two I'm gonna play well I'm gonna get my money in year three or whatever the case may be that way it's good for the organization and also good for the athlete and they can maximize their success that's the only way that that's going to work if not then they're going to lose people left to right because you're not thinking about aaron donald Jalen ramsey oh yeah you know they're gonna you know staffers gonna want to you know another contract so it's it's, yeah Yeah. well i think that's one way they can do it but i think actually another way they can do it i mean it's you have to be very good and very specific but listen though they're they draft pretty well in terms of their late draft picks. So I think you can conti- you have to continue to do that. Yeah. And also, you know, they have to be willing to keep doing what they've been doing. So what I mean by that is like maybe you get rid of Aaron Donald a year early. Maybe you get rid of 
Jalen Ramsey a year early and get some assets back, get some draft picks back for that. So I think you have to be willing to kind of like be about that life, if you will. Like, yeah, like we brought all these guys in and then, hey, if we kind of see it's not working, like we'll get rid of them. What's next? Yep. And re kind of revamp our assets. So I think that's mm-hmm. kind of a combination of what you're saying. Yeah. JB. I think you have to, again, draft well in your later rounds because you're not going to get those first or second, third round picks. Mm-hmm. You're going to get fourth, fifth, sixth round picks. Yeah. Draft well, find those gems in those later rounds. Mm-hmm. And also, again, just be willing to, you know, keep it gangster. Keep like, like what you did with Jared Goff. Like, yeah, yeah, bro. Deuces. <laughs> like they just got rid of them like straight up done that for years right yeah that's the only way they were able to sustain their relevance right because, right hey, you know jamie collins is a dope linebacker but he, you know he's not okay yeah. he goes to the ground we get a not nice asset for him you know yeah yeah so that's how there. that's how they're gonna have to make it work mm-hmm. they're gonna end up like this possible Steve. but you know we'll see they're gonna end up with ben roethlisberger <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're not even talking about the Steelers. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just salty. Okay. Anyway, it's all good. Another big one. Next big move. Superman Cam returns to Charlotte. Ain't gonna lie, was pretty geeked about this one. Mm-hmm. So was was hoping. You know, I know some friends and I talked about this even last year. Like, man, I think he just needs to go back to Carolina. They just need to make. They can make it work. They can make it work because he still can ball. He's going to make it work. Um, so we'll start with um, Coach Natty T on this one. What do you think of Superman back to Charlotte? Yeah, I mean, I, for him personally, I love it. Um, you know, I mean, realistically, probably should have never really left. Um, but again, for, for him personally, I love it. Um, you know, I, I think it would be fantastic if he can get at least just get them to the playoffs, I don't think they're going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's 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 possible. I'm looking at their schedule here, so they play the Cardinals next. At the L, and <laughs> <laughs> they play Washington. Uh, they play the Dolphins. They play the Falcons. They play the Bills. They play the Bucks. They play the Saints, and then they play the Bucks again. So. They'll be lucky to get 500, make be 500 after that stretch. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if they can, you know, get to the playoffs. But I think if he can just come there, kind of ride the ship a little bit, maybe get them to like a, I don't know, you know, an eight and nine. Yeah, yeah, eight nine. They got the extra game now. Yeah, an eight nine or a seven and ten record, something respectable, and they look mm-hmm. competitive in those games. Yeah, you know, I think that's probably what I think is going. What I think I'm, we're going to get from them, mm-hmm. which is good. And then you know, obviously, the ceiling would be, hey, like, man, he got us to the playoffs. Like that would be fantastic. So. Um, that's kind of what I'm expecting to see. But again, personally, I, I love it for Cam. I, I love the fact that he's in the league because, again, I mean, say what you want. And I know the Patriots experiment last year, you know, depending on who you ask, some people think it's a disaster. Some people are like, well, I mean, he didn't really have any weapons and, and he got COVID. 
for him to come back <laughs> and at least get him to seven and nine. I mean, that was pretty good. So, you know, I know he kind of looked a little eh, during preseason. <laughs> you know, so it's like, eh. but you know, I I love it. I love the fact that he's back in the NFL. I mean, there's no reason why Cam Newton is not playing in the NFL. He's there's no way you can tell me that there's what. 64 quarterbacks better than Cam Newton. There's no yeah. way. No I had to say that just because from a backup or starter. I mean, yeah, there's no way you can tell me that there's that many quarterbacks better than Cam Newton. That's just not even with him being more Clark Kent at this point than Superman. That Clark <laughs> Kent version of him, my man can do some reporting at least. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of quarterbacks that cannot get that story. You know what I'm saying? They can't write not a word on that article. That's all I'm saying. Like you can, Clark Kent can at least beat somebody down. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. So I I love the fact that he's back in the league, and you know I I hope he can. Again, it'll be fantastic get him to the playoffs. At least make him competitive. That'll be fantastic. Yeah, agree, agree, Coach Jay. Yeah, um, I, I kind of agree with uh, Coach Natty T. I think that they have a chance to probably make the playoffs. They, uh, right now at least, um, on week, what are we, week 10? Yeah. They are they are the last in their division. Yeah. And still somehow right on the bubble of wild card. Mm-hmm. And who's in front of them? the Atlanta Falcons. (laughs) So I think that they could probably push for a wild card. Um, But if I were, if I were in the front office of the Panthers, I would be very disappointed, not in Cam Newton, but in, in the production of this team, especially with Sam Darnold. Um, I would be very disappointed to see where this team has gone. You've got the right set of receiving core can't ask for a better running back. Your defense is actually the old defense we remember back when you went to the Super Bowl. Solid. I love their cornerback. Oh, my gosh. Let me not get into that. I would be so disappointed just to have all of this built around me as as the head coach, if I were uh, – what was his name? Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Um, and just to see us living in the four and five mm-hmm. uh, standings, just, you know, below 500. I would be disappointed. And so this is this is probably you know a desperate move. I don't I totally agree Cam Newton is is definitely uh uh NFL worthy, starter worthy indeed. Um but you know they put a lot of eggs in that uh, that basket of Sam Darnold and for this to be, you know, the the outcome, you know, he's hurt and now we got to bring in Cam. That's too bad for them. Now, let's go to Cam's shoes. I'm happy because I think this is where Cam should retire, to be honest. Absolutely. Yes. Finish it right here where he started. And I think that this is another chance maybe for Cam to show, I don't know, I'm a believer in that one game, but uh, when he was on the Patriots, that was not an experiment that went south. That wasn't a failed experiment because I think he took away some fundamental, um, I don't know, game planning and, and even just quarterback mechanics from that. There was that one game, I, I lament over that, when he played against Seattle. I've never seen a more accurate quarterback in Cam than that. I mean, he was throwing passes that were tightly 
placed in windows. The spiral was thrown so tight. So I'm hoping I see that again this year. And last time when he was a Panther, he didn't really have too many star receivers. I mean, he had the tail end of Smith, uh, Steve Smith. Yep. He had a little bit of, you know, Calvin Benjamin. Who Not never, really much. Had Greg Olson, that was really it. And Greg yeah, Greg Olson was it. So now you're working with DJ Moore. You're working with Robbie Anderson or his, uh, um, some like to call him Roby Anderson. <laughs> and then you got a, <laughs> a receiving uh, halfback as well. I think that this is, is a great thing for Cam. This is like the opposite situation we talked about. Rams, I think they won that situation. That trade, that's an all win for the Rams. All a lot of risk. Exactly. All the leverage is with the Rams. In this situation, all the leverage is with Cam. And uh, the Carolina Panthers are, are kind of just at, at at his, I don't know, at the whim of his his success. If he's successful, they're successful. Because they couldn't have had a worse season just with the team that they got put together. Oh, I can see it. to your point. I mean, before you go, Coach JB3, I mean, that, that, because I was thinking about that Seahawks game. I mean, if you can yeah. get that from Cam, because really, yeah. he was rolling with the parents up until he got COVID. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, we're not going, we're not going to get into it, but yeah. <laughs> Listen, when he came back, you know, he said, like, look, it, it kind of took me a couple weeks yeah. to get back because you yep. know he said he was more tired yeah Lamar Jackson said the same thing yep other yeah other NBA players said the same thing they're like yeah kind of you know I, it, it, I had to kind of like get myself back into it right mm-hmm. so and that kind of I thought I thought that derailed him and obviously the injuries that derailed him more than anything but up to that mm-hmm. point I mean this was just last year I mean <laughs> good, man. yeah yeah so Hopefully you can kind of catch some of that fire to pre-COVID mm-hmm. cam. Man, yeah. I, I don't know, man. We'll see. Man, listen. Sidebar. Before I, I start on cam, can we talk about Sam Darnold for, for a minute here? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, I don't know what happened because I'm looking. Christian McCaffrey got hurt. That's what happened. What did you say? Christian McCaffrey got Christian hurt. Christian McCaffrey got hurt. So like he loses <laughs> receivers. <laughs> Just saying. Like the Jets have been a dumpster fire for a while, you know. But so people blame the Jets, right? Outside mm-hmm. of Sam Barrow saying that he's seeing ghosts, but because Bill Belichick so respected, people thought that was hilarious and were like, ah, you know. But now he's out of the Jets organization. We'll really see what Sam Darnold's about now. They got off to a hot start. They did. Right. And everybody's like, oh, okay, it was obviously the Jets. I, I don't I can't even believe that I'm saying this. But was it? Was you it last the week. Jets? Or was it the <laughs> both? Like was it Adam Gase's incompetence as an NFL, you know, coach? Mm. Or was it, it like because he's incompetent as a coach? He is There's no doubt about that. Yes. Yeah. No, it is both. But we gave a lot of the blame pie. To the Jets, I think Sam Darnold deserved a, a bigger slice of that mm. than we gave him because he has truly struggled and and become a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. Right, they they are giving away winnable games mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, even even Hubbard like is a really good, valuable 
backup yeah, quarterback. Like, so I, I think there's a lot to work with. There's a lot to be happy about that you all talked about. But I just I just wanted to throw that out there. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Cam Newton, I, I think last year we need to really put things into perspective. There, there's no training camp for these players. You're with a new team and a new system that was just that Tom Brady just left. Okay, right? Like, let's think about the shoes that you're having to fill is different. It's a different environment with one of the greatest head coaches of all time. You're having to fit his system. People mm-hmm. already hating on you. You know, like, just going into that situation. Oh, by the way, you know, those those – Great targets that that Brady had. Oh yeah, they're not here anymore. You know, they're not there. Like, but all of a sudden, Gronk, Gronk ends up in a Bucks uniform. Like, okay, it's like, all right, well, there's that. Antonio Brown ends up in a Bucks uniform. You're like, okay, well, there goes that. And you're mm-hmm. depending on you know Jacoby Meyer and, and right. Julian Edelman just kind of falls off the face of the earth. He gets yeah. hurt, hasn't you know bounced back really. So, who are you working with? You got nice young running back in Harris, but you know. Um, I, I, what did you expect him to do, really, mm-hmm. with that? If your receivers can't get se- separation, which Tom Brady said the year beforehand, <laughs> right? Tommy already told you what the deal was. Mm-hmm. And so to throw a, a Cam Newton and, and have all these new transitions going in, yeah, you weren't going to be very successful. The fact that they were as successful, there's a testament to some of his talent and some of the games he looked really ugly. And some of those games. And yeah. I think, and that, but to your point, Coach Natty that was all after COVID, all after COVID. Because I think if he takes a, a he made one and a half mistakes pre COVID. I think mm-hmm. he took a bad angle in the Seahawks game. I think he actually could have ran that in for yeah. the touchdown. Yeah. Right. Oh right. my gosh. And that's a dub on the board there. And yeah. beating the juggernaut who we see now as Buffalo, except for last week, because they can't even put points on the Jaguars. But it like, I, like at that time, you know, Josh Allen MVP ish type of run. They had Buffalo on the hills, and he fumbled, right? So that was the mistake. That's the one. And then mm-hmm. the Seahawks is the half. So like, I, I look at that like that's two dubs right there. Now to you know now it's nine and seven instead of seven and nine. Then that changes kind of I think the narrative of this situation right yeah. so with all that being said i think this is exactly where he's supposed to be um I, I think it's it's something that he has some talent around him you all talked about the proficiency of the defense which is great um, he has nothing to prove to me as a fan of his you know i could be a little bit biased there but i like to see him get a super bowl I, it's not going to happen in carolina but i would like to see him um get a swagger back, right? You know, get get back to a really good level. So if this is his last stop, then he ends his career on a high note because I think he deserves that. Absolutely. One of the things I wanted to talk about real quick, you know, David Tepper is the owner of the Carolina Panthers. You understand what's happening right now? My man is paying for Cam's replacement, the replacement of Cam's replacement, and Cam Newton to replace his own replacement. Yeah. So he's still paying Teddy Bridgewater. He's paying oh, Sam yes. Darnold. And now he's paying yeah. Cam Newton again. Mm. That's why. You look dumb. That's why. Hey, when you're the richest owner in the NFL, I guess you can do that. I guess you could do that. We don't even make mistakes the same way, I guess. <laughs> right. 
don't get fired totally the same different. way. Don't get mistakes the same way. Nothing. Everything's different. Oh, yeah. Everything. Do you hear John Gruden's trying to sue the NFL? I saw you that. See that? Mm-hmm. Dude, they're mm-hmm. already paying you the rest of your money. Just go away. Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, anyway, we off top. We're going to go ahead and close this out with our fast five here. Uh, we have five games here. We're going to pick the winner and the score. Uh, Browns Patriots. This is really interesting. They're in Foxborough. You know what? Uh, Chubb might be out with COVID. We'll see. I think he's still there. He has to test positive. Uh, he has to test negative 24 hours, twice 24 hours within each other. So yeah, he's vaccinated. So he, don't, he, he just has to do the negative test. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure if he's been able to do that yet. I haven't seen this evening's report, but Darnish Johnston will be back. I, I, I'm actually going to go Patriots in this one. Um, 27-24 in a close one. So, hmm. uh, Coach Jay, who do you have in this one? Yeah, um, last week the Browns reminded us against Cincinnati <laughs> that they do well without OBJ. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm going to actually go with the Browns on this one. Um, granted, we don't have the, the, the rock in, in Chubb running the ball, but I think you can still do all right with uh, Johnson. So I'm going to say the Browns take this one 24-21. Patriots 13-10. 13 That's a low Okay, low score. That is. Well, I don't – I think the Browns won last week. Because Nick Chubb had 150 yards rushing, and Joe Burrow throws two interceptions, and one is a 99-yard pick six. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, With the fastest cornerback in the league. Yeah, I mean Baker threw what? He was like 15 for 18, 200 yards. And uh, like, the big like, bombs down the People's Jones. Yeah, that was the really his his big pass was the uh, People's Jones. Yeah, which was a blown like, oh, up. He, he threw to eight different receivers. I'm like, did he complete 15 passes? <laughs> like, so nobody can go over seconds at your house? Okay. <laughs> yeah, a blown, a blown coverage is responsible for his touchdown, and everything else was on the ground or on defense. That is true. That I, is true. I, I wasn't impressed by that. So. I, I'm anxious. That's the way they play. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why he needs Nick Chubb there. Yeah. He had 150 yards rushing. Yeah, that's true. And he I think... What is Belichick good at? Taking away what you do best. And you ain't even got the best to try to be your best. That's true. Because no chub, no hunt. So, I, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but Max got to go against that defense, too. Yeah, that's going to be but tough. Anyway, I'm sorry. I keep that's arguing. Good. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. You're good. You're, I think that's that's why I think Coach 19, maybe you had a lower scoring game. because that's why I have a lower score. I think it's going to be ugly. Yeah. Gonna be a very field goal. Oh, I love those games. <laughs> that's ugly. Field goals and defense. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think. Oh gosh! All right, Chiefs at Raiders. Chiefs at mm. Raiders. You know, last year the Raiders were able to get a game on the on the Chiefs. Chiefs have been up and down playing, but because they could barely put points up against the Aaron Rodgers Packers, which was disturbing to say the least. Uh, so I'm really on the fence with this one literally I don't have anything in my notes for this one at all because I don't know what I'm going to do 
but I'm going to go 30 to 24 Chiefs only because I think Patrick Mahomes will make a play and I don't think Derek Carr can make that play. So I'm going with that. Uh, Coach Natty T. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with Vegas because they're. Uh, I know Coach Murphy ain't here, but so I think they're. Yeah, minus two and a half for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I won't give a score, but I'll say I'll, I'll take the points with Kansas City. I'll just say that. Okay, Coach Jay. Yeah, this is huge, man. All <laughs> teams. This is big. This is where it the counts, Raiders. Man. The Raiders give. Even, you know, when the Chiefs were the Chiefs, the Raiders gave them trouble. So, yeah. They sure did. Last season, they were the kryptonite. That's exactly what they were. Divisional Um, game. So, yeah. Man, this is a big game for the Chiefs. They are – every team in this division is five wins. This is it, man. I I think if if Mahomes doesn't turn it on, I think he's behind too far to make a comeback. So – I'm going to root for Pat Mahomes. I'm not even going to base any stats or any plans <laughs> or any of that. Yeah. I'm hoping that the Chiefs win this game. I'm going to say a high score to 34-31 off of pure hope. <laughs> there, there will be some points put up in this game, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah, Pat Mahomes is the only reason why I'm giving them any type of nod. Um, speaking of the Rams, we talked about them earlier. Rams at 49ers. Divisional matchup, NFC West, really good division there. Um, I do have, you know, Kittle made a really good return last week uh, from injury. It was good to see him playing well and them actually being able to utilize him. Uh, but <laughs> I think I think the Rams have just a little bit too much firepower for the 49ers because their defense, 49ers defense, isn't what it used to be. And because of that, mm-hmm. I think they're going to have to play catch up, and Jimmy G is not good playing catch up. So I'm going uh, Rams uh, 27, 49ers 17. Uh, Coach Natty mm-hmm. Uh I'm taking the 49ers for the upset. Oh, that's a big upset. 24 21. Um, it sound wow. like I'm hating on Odell again, but wow, I feel like as they did last week with the Von Miller news, I think it was just a lot of a lot of attention, a lot of noise. Maybe they're not as focused as they used to be. And the 49ers, weird stat. So, because you know, last year they had to play their home games away from their home stadium, but they haven't won a home game in their new stadium. I heard, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the time. It seems like this season, things like this seem to, you know, end. So, you know, with Kittle coming back, I think that helps. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with the 49ers. I, I can't believe I'm gonna pick Jimmy G string, but it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a divisional. <laughs> It's a divisional game. They know each other very well. So I know the 49ers defense isn't as strong as in years past, but they know them very well. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm, I'll i pick them for the upset. I'm nervous. Okay. 421. 
I'm nervous, Coach J. I'm nervous right now because I picked the Rams to win also because they got embarrassed last week. And I thought mm-hmm. I think they would I thought they would really bounce back. That's what I'm projecting. But mm-hmm. Coach Natty Damas is very rarely wrong on this show. No, man. So I, I think if you got some money to spare, then <laughs> oh, you can put it on the 49ers. Oh, man. Y'all well, just giving well, people money again, away. I was just thinking, <laughs> I thought out of all the matchups, that was the one that I kind of liked. I thought all the okay. elements are there for an upset because, again, it's a divisional team. And also remember, the 49ers were embarrassed last week, too. They lost to Colt McCoy. They, they sure did. did. That was sad. And you know, they and then did. everybody's everybody's talking about the Rams and Odell and all that. And you know, you know, everybody's making fun of Kyle Shanahan and all that. So may, you know, maybe they just write the ship for this one game. Maybe. Right, I'm putting the 49ers in one of my parlays this weekend. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go <laughs> that's my thought oh, process. Man. I may I like I said, I, I I might be wrong, but that's my thought process. It's yeah. nothing wrong with dreaming. There's nothing wrong with dreaming. But back in reality, the Rams are going to win. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a prime time game. It's a Monday night football game. I would be surprised if the Rams embarrass themselves two weeks in a row on a prime time, both of them prime time games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going with the Rams just because. I think it makes sense. <laughs> I would say that they're going to score pretty high. They normally score in the in the high 20s, low 30s. So I'm going to say maybe 32. And the Niners are probably going to be about 17. Okay. That's my my heartbreaking answer. <laughs> heartbreaking answer. Yeah. Right. We're going to switch to the NBA real quick. Uh, big game this weekend. Heat at Jazz. Mm. So I know... Coach Natty T, I know you don't like talking about the Jazz, but they are a good regular season team, at least. You can skip. <laughs> you already know who I'm picking. All right, so Coach Natty T's picking the Heat, so we're going to go ahead and go yeah, there. Um, go, go ahead and skip me on that one. Co- Coach Jay, who do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. Totally get it. Yeah, I'm with you with the Heat as well. Um, I have nothing against the Jazz. Uh, I yeah, do. Gonna... I have everything against the Jazz. You got everything. Yeah. <laughs> Every single thing, and the kitchen sink. Yeah, and now, the a, kitchen sink. <laughs> well, I'm right there with you. I don't hate the Jazz, but I'm going to go with the Heat in this one. I'm going to say 106. I'm actually going to say a low score, Jazz 97. You're all on the Heat, huh? Yeah. He's doing it, isn't he? It's tough to beat. And remember, there might not be a Rudy Gobert there either. Oh, okay. That whole scuffle, I don't even call it, but that whole, like, I'm, I'm going to grab you and try to throw you on the ground and didn't work with Rudy Gobert and, and Miles Turner. Okay, anyway. it Okay, if Rudy Gobert is good enough that it does change the quality of their defense if he can't play, I, I, I get that. Um, I'm still going to say it is really tough to beat Utah in Utah. It's just a, a very, very hard place. But I mean, LeBron throughout his career has had a hard time beating Utah in Utah. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I look at this as 
the Jazz are going to win a close one, 118 to 114. Mm. I don't say that with 100% confidence because it is Utah. And Donovan Mitchell, we will never see his ceiling as long as he plays in Utah. Okay, so anyway, um, NCAA. Texas A&M, solid season for them, number 11. Um, but they're playing Ole Miss at Ole Miss, which is number 12. So 11-12 matchup. This could go either way. In my book, Coach Jay, who do you have in this one? I'm going with Texas A&M on this one. I think they're going to walk away with this win. They've had a good season. I think it continues. I say, uh, I'd say maybe throwing out numbers here, 34 28. Okay. That's my guess. Coach Natty T. Yeah. Um it's kind of a toss-up, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Texas AM because I think what what is Vegas have them? Minus two and a half. Yeah, I'll take the points with Texas AM on that one. Okay. You know. I also didn't have a, a score in my notes for this one, too, because I'm not sure. But you know what? I'm doing it. Ole Miss <laughs> with the, with the, the quote-unquote upset. I guess it would be. Slight, yeah, slight upset. Yeah. Slight upset. Slight upset. Um, I have them winning a, an extremely close one. Uh, this game may even go to overtime. Uh, I, I'm looking at more of a um, – 30 to 27 matchup. So either someone kicks it at the end of the game to win or maybe an overtime score gets that mm-hmm. for them. So, yeah. That's what Vegas says is going to happen. Minus two yeah. and a half. I mean, that's, that's yeah, a safety or a field goal, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a great episode, a lot of content. And because people are always tripping out there, I'm sure we're going to have plenty of content for next week, too. So, um, <laughs> But thank you for joining us on another episode of the Coach's Box. On behalf of Coach Natty T and Coach J, I'm Coach JP3. Y'all stay blessed. Stay safe. I know we just had Veterans Day. Thank y'all for your service. And uh, we'll be back at it next week. Peace.